That is a hot take. Prove uh, me wrong. You're never I've wrong. never been wrong before. Right. Yeah, you're wrong this time, Polly. Syracuse basketball is a name brand. The cream rises to the top, Paulie. The Yankees will be there. Paulie asked that question on purpose, and I just don't like Paulie right now. <laughs> Nobody needs a six-hour baseball game. If you're going to lose that many face-offs and you only lose by a goal to the number one team, is it really so bad? You claim that my buddy doll is as dependent as a child. Yeah, that's a great idea. I don't think you can get away with that. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Stephen Fonte, Paulie Sebelia with you up until 2 o'clock on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. Two guests lined up for you today. We're going to talk some basketball here in the first hour. Mike Waters from Syracuse.com will join us at 12.30. And then hour number two, Patrick Stevens, writer for U.S. Lacrosse Magazine. We had um, had him on during the college basketball season with some bubble talk leading into Selection Sunday for the NCAA Tournament. We're going to do the same thing with Patrick Stevens related to lacrosse as now... uh, In or out uh, after the loss to Notre Dame? I still think they're in, but there's you know very little margin for error at this point. Now you got to beat Robert Morris. Well, right? that, you had to beat him either way, but I, I'm I'm saying in terms of the the rest of the landscape, like the all the other bubble teams, you talk about bid stealers and so on and so forth. Um, not a lot of margin for error. Is there an ACC tournament? There is not an ACC okay, tournament. Okay, good. That's good news. I think all five will get in. Um, again, we'll get to this in the second hour of the show. My gut says they're still in, but. Not a great look for the team over the weekend, uh, losing by 14 goals, and that's putting it kindly. Not a great look. Uh, 22 to eight, they go down um, at South Bend, Indiana, to Notre Dame. So we'll talk some uh, bracketology. Exciting! I love with the Patrick bubble. Stevens. I know you love the bubble, so we're gonna we're gonna talk some. Uh, glad that uh, college lacrosse bubble with Patrick Stevens at hour number two. The lacrosse team has caught on. <laughs> <laughs> realize what they need to do to make me interested. Makes it a lot more fun. Um, I, I don't know as if they would agree with that, but uh, but at least gives, you're happy. Gives me a reason to tune in now. All right, so I guess let's let's start the show. And, of course, your phone call is welcome at any time, 315-437-7644. Let's start the show, I guess, by recapping quickly uh, what was a busy weekend uh, in sports. Uh, we mentioned the lacrosse team going on the road to South Bend, Indiana, losing 22-8. It was a close game for a while, right? It was 3-3 after the first quarter. It was 7-5 Notre Dame uh, early-ish in the second quarter, and then the Irish just dominated the rest of the way. Dominated the second quarter, dominated the third quarter, and then you know the fourth quarter started, and they're working on things to get ready for the NCAA tournament. I mean, it turned into essentially a scrimmage for Notre Dame at the end of that game as they're just... Um, you know, they were they were working on things. The game was no longer in doubt. You're not used to seeing that against the Syracuse team, but in any event, they fall by 14 goals, and now uh, they're going to have to sweat it out this week to some degree leading up to, to Selection Sunday. That is uh, not good, 22-8. to eight. Not good. Dude. I know you're not a lacrosse fan. Would you say that you're... is a potato famine of scoring against the Irish? <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, I mean, after... Really, after the first quarter, early on in the second quarter, they yeah they things did not go well on either side uh, of the field for the Orange. Uh, the ladies uh, went out and uh, they gave North Carolina a game. Uh, Carolina ended up winning nine to four. I'm not sure the final score was indicative of how close that game was. Um, so you know, after getting blown out the first time around against North Carolina, the Orange uh, closing the gap this time around, and it could be the second of three meetings. I mean, we could see that. That matchup t- 
to decide the national title, quite possibly. Um, so I thought it was an encouraging performance for the SU ladies in the ACC finals, even though they lost it nine to four. Um, I tuned into that. And, you did. You and watched. And again, I watched a little. Is nine to four a low score it for is. women's lacrosse? Because yeah. I noticed a lot of people were. Yeah, it is. A, it's a low scoring game, certainly. Um, but again, I think you saw the the ladies close the gap to some degree. And you know, North Carolina is so good that I I do think you want to try and shorten the game if you can. It's a little bit more difficult nowadays to shorten the game, but you know, be judicious with how often you know you take those shots. Um, you know, try to you know burn clock each time you had the ball, and I I think we saw that to some degree that um, you know Syracuse tried to shorten the game and it and it worked. I mean, they gave themselves a chance. You know, midway through the second half, it was a it was a two goal game. I mean, they gave themselves a chance, um, but North Carolina just too much and, and ended up winning the game. Uh, NFL draft: Andre Cisco going sixty fifth overall to the Jags. Uh, Ify Melifonwu going hundred and first overall. Uh, to the Detroit Lions. Trill Williams did not get selected. Um, he ends up with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, everybody was picking up the lo- uh, the Saints were picking up all the, the local guys, rather. Uh, so Trill Williams didn't get drafted. He ended up there. Nolan Cooney, the punter, ended up with the Saints. And Stevie Scott, the, uh, the running back from Christian Brothers Academy, ended up with the New Orleans Saints, all signing as undrafted free agents. Punter you, baby. That's right. Syracuse got another one. I was I was reading an article earlier today looking ahead to which Syracuse guys would be drafted next year, and the first name on the list, Andre Schmidt. So... It's it's kicker you. I know P-U. you don't want to. <laughs> right. I know you don't want to go there, but uh, to some degree that is accurate. You got to find a niche, I guess. And Syracuse has found it with mm-hmm. the the kickers. Um, the the big news, and this happened uh, after we left the air. Talk about a you know a, a Friday news dump. Uh, right yeah. around uh, what was it uh, six o'clock? I guess is when Jim Beheim released his statement. Quincy didn't release his statement until about six forty five on Friday night. Um, but yeah, Jim Beheim uh, sent out a tweet at about uh, 5.45, 6 o'clock on Friday, thanking Quincy for his two years of service, wishing him well. Um, I think we all had the sense that, okay, well, Quincy's not coming back. I think we all assumed that he was keeping his name uh, in the NBA draft, and then Quincy releases a statement around 6.45 saying that he's entering the transfer portal, and if he does not go to the NBA, which is still an option at this point, um, but he is not coming back to Syracuse. He is, he's leaving the program one way or the other, either going to stay uh, in the NBA and, and you know work on a pro career, or he's transferring and, and going to another college. Um, and, and I think that for many, that was a surprise. Not so much that he's not coming back, but the surprise was if he's not coming back, it might be because he's at a different college. Yeah, this one doesn't look good to me. Um I had no issue with the Kadari uh, thing. Young kid, you know, f- you know, freshman didn't get quite the playing time he expected. Fans chirping on social media, you know, people in his ear, maybe a little homesick, gone. Quincy's going into his junior year here and has played well. Uh, there, there's some issue here that I don't know what it is, but it doesn't look good that a kid is leaving at this point, you know. Especially a kid who thinks he's close enough to play pro ball after two years here, right? Yeah, um, you're you're right in that the other ones you can explain away, right? You can explain Robert Braswell. You can explain you mentioned Kadari Richmond. You can chalk that up. You know, fans might not like the reason, but you could you could chalk it up to you know whatever it is: playing time, closer to home, homesick. Um, you know, 
didn't like answering the Joe or Kadari questions. At least you can explain all of them away. Um, everybody who's transferred out of the program. Hard to explain this one, right? Because you've got a guy who was arguably the team's best player. I mean, I think we look at Buddy and say that, you know, between Buddy and Quincy as being the team's best player. You know, this, this guy was first on the, the team in rebounding, second on the team in scoring behind Buddy, uh, a borderline pro prospect, as you as you discussed, uh, you know, returning on a Sweet 16 team. Um, this one, this isn't about playing time. You know, right. So what? So what's it about? Right. It, it may be he's had enough, you know, and like I, I don't know. I always say it after press conferences with Coach Beheim is he he was one of the guys that got it publicly. You know, he did. Alan yeah. Griffin got it, and maybe you just get sick of it and you got to go. And you know, you're not going to change the coach, uh, but you know, there's only so much people can take, and he was one of the guys that got it. You know. Yeah. But. And also, in retrospect, the last two months of the season, month and a half of the season, Coach, actually week, um, Coach Beheim was saying he's an all, you know, all American prospect, and you know, but it, who knows what it is? He may not have been happy. So, and, and that goes back to coaches needing to almost re-recruit their players every year, right? right. Because we we saw him. Um, Say similar things about not that Kadari was going to be an All American, but in his his post game press conference after the loss in the Sweet Sixteen, he name checked a couple of guys, and Kadari was one of the guys he name checked, and Quincy was one of the guys he name checked, and you you wonder if it's kind of for those reasons to you know publicly state you know I I want these guys back to some degree, but you're right, Quincy's one of the guys that um, you know. He he had to bear the brunt of of some negative comments in the media. Kadari did the same, and you know the, these guys are leaving. I don't know, and you don't know if that's what led to it. Well, he wasn't losing playing time, right. was he? No, this I I I, I can't s- sit here and say that this was because of playing time. And I know some will look at this and say, well, you know, Jimmy coming here, he knew that he was going to lose some playing time. I, I don't think that's the case. In fact, my gut tells me that. This decision was made prior to Jimmy deciding to come here. Right. Um, you know, I was actually, I I first started hearing some things about this about a month ago, that if he doesn't come back, it might be he goes somewhere else. And I didn't quite buy it right away, but as the last month has played out, and obviously, you know, we saw what happened on Friday, um, I, 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 I get it. I'm not. I wasn't as shocked Friday as I would have been, you know, two months ago that that he decided to enter the transfer portal. So I know some will say that this is about Jimmy. I don't think it's about Jimmy. I agree with you though, Paulie. That this it's not a great look. You you can't easily explain this one away. That well, it was playing time, or oh, you know, it, it wasn't going to work. Like with Robert Braswell, he was a nice piece to the puzzle, but the writing was kind of on the wall for Robert Braswell that he was never, you know, really going to be a key piece to the puzzle. You know, maybe, 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 but it was it was much more of a roll of a dice opposed to going somewhere yeah. else and and you know being closer to home. You know, he's going to play at Charlotte, um, and and that wasn't necessarily the case here. Now there's a kid that we look back in hindsight that losing him may hurt a lot more now in Robert Braswell. Yeah, uh, well, definitely. Yeah, you know, oh, this has set off a chain reaction now. Like you're stuck with 
uh, you're not, I, I haven't seen these kids play yet, but you're, you're trusting a kid coming out of high school who everybody says is super talented, a guy that Jay Wright wasn't playing, and Jimmy Beheim, who was in, in the Ivy League last year, who was very good in the Ivy League, but it's ACC now. So you're relying on all of that, and do they go out and get somebody else? It's not. Uh, this is not an ideal situation anymore. <laughs> I'm not the. I'm not the positive guy that says Syracuse is going to be okay right now because there is a lot of question marks. And, and here's the thing: we, we knew going back to last week, we talked about the fact that there's a chance Quincy's not coming back. Like we we knew that that was a distinct possibility. You enter your name, you know, into the draft, you go through the process, especially these days, a lot of guys even if they're not guaranteed to get drafted, they'll keep their names in. Alan Griffin's a good example that, you know, he's got a son now. They, you know, he posted that on social media about a week or so ago. He's going pro no matter what. Even if he doesn't get drafted and he's not on a lot of mock drafts. Even if he doesn't get drafted, he's going to go figure it out. He's going to bet on himself. A lot of kids do that nowadays. We knew that there was a chance Quincy would do that. Um, I think what makes this more difficult to swallow if you're an SU fan if you is the fact is that you know you're you're losing him either way. And for him to put that statement out there, it almost sounds like he's leaning towards coming back and that he's just going to go somewhere else. And I think that's the part that's hard to live with. Like you knew it was there was a possibility that you're going into next year with three forwards and and those three forwards haven't played in your program yet. Um, but if Quincy ends up at another college, wh- what does that say? Yeah. And I think that that's the that's the concerning part if you're an SU fan, right? And if he goes pro, I yeah, I will. It's still a uh, it's still a huge question mark going into the season, but it will be a lot easier for me to. You stomach. would much prefer that yeah, though. Yeah, if he ends up at one of the schools that uh, has been released that have reached out to him so far, I, I'll be sick to my stomach. Yeah. So the so according to Adam Zagoria. Uh, the schools that have reached out, Alabama. That's a very good one. Creighton, Marquette, Western Kentucky, Arizona State, Texas Tech, Georgia. That's the list that Adam Zagoria uh, posted a little bit earlier today. Um, are any of those programs better than Syracuse? No. Well, I mean, Alabama's... Alabama currently. Currently, right. I mean, not they're not a better a program, program yeah. but right. Are they in better position right now? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that seems like it's... Like it, like the other one, you know, I, I compare this a little bit to, uh, to Emily or Camilla leaving the women's programs because playing time wasn't an issue for them. Like, they were going to come back. They knew their role. However, Camilla transferred up. She's going to South Carolina. They might be the preseason number one team in the country. Um, Emily transferred up. She's going to Louisville. They're a national title contender. If he goes to any of these teams, I don't know. I don't know if you can explain it off and say Quincy's transferring up. Yeah. Alabama would uh, for next year may be up, but the rest of them. You know, you say that, and I, I, I understand where you're coming from. You're not wrong. But you look at all the the pre you know the very very early preseason projections. If Quincy comes back to this team, they're a top twenty. You know, most likely preseason top twenty team. Yeah, they've got their returning backcourt and forward, and now you've got a returning backcourt. Right, and your and forward is a borderline NBA player, and it, you know some are saying Buddy Bayham's a borderline NBA player. A lot of question marks. Yeah, 
If ever, this was the year you need to go to Italy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so we can see these guys. 315-437-7644. Let's get one phone call in here. Uh, we've got John in the car kicking us off on the show today. Hey, John. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for the time. I'll be quick. Uh, NFL draft boggles me real quick, and then I'll get to SU basketball in a couple seconds here. Uh, I don't know. My only analogy with these teams by taking all these quarterbacks are every year, half of them fail. It's like building a house out of cardboard and filling it with expensive expensive furniture is all I can think of because, as we all know, the game is won on the offensive and defensive line of what happened in the Super Bowl. Anyways, SU basketball. I think we got a mess in our hands. Call me crazy, but I think the longer Jim Beheim stays up there, the more we're in trouble. I think he's had a great run, all fame coach. No complaints overall, but I think the last few years have been a little, little messy. I just don't quite don't understand to go back what we talked about a couple months ago with uh, he's got COVID issues with uh, Beheim and Gerard, correct? Yes. Yep. And he got a budding superstar sitting on the bench. So now we lose Gary A. with Jimmy Beheim coming in, and Gary is probably thinking, huh, Buddy got to play all he wanted with uh, you know even when he was sick with a great player on the bench. What's going to happen to me with Jimmy coming in? So that might have been a factor, but I don't understand. I mean, now we lose Braswell also, right? So that's definitely what Paulie uh, said. That really hurts in my mind because I thought he was going to be a uh, very good player. And, Steve, you said maybe he would be a, uh, you know, a blue-chip player for them going down the line. Maybe not. I was, I was kind of leaning towards he would be a very valuable uh, starter for them because you got this Benny Williams coming in, you know, I guess he's supposed to be a superstar, correct? But I guess we really yeah. don't know yet. Yeah, he hasn't tied his shoes up. Hasn't right. tied his shoes up yet. But anyways, I just think Beheim is kind of doing what he wants to do, and he doesn't really. Should I, I probably probably a little harsh? Maybe he doesn't really care about the wins and the losses and some of the other players. That's probably harsh, but I don't know. Is this something where the athletic director gets involved? I mean, does the athletic director say to uh, Beheim, Wild Heck? How come you're not playing Kadari more? We all know he's a great player. Buddy and Joe are a little sick. How come you're not giving him more minutes? And that's all I've got. I'll hang up and thank you for the time, guys. All right. So first things first, and this has come up, and and I appreciate the call, John. Um, I I will disagree with you on one thing when you say that Jim Bayham doesn't care about the wins and losses. This has come up before. Yes. And I think that's all he cares about. Right. First and foremost, he cares about the wins and losses. Um. But I understand where you're coming from, John, about how it's it's not a great look on a lot of levels. And obviously losing Kadari stung. Um, this one stings more. It, as, as we said at the top, you can't explain this one away. At least with Kadari, it comes down to you know playing time or you know maybe he truly was unhappy here, wanted to move home. You're talking about Quincy, who's been here for two years. He's a key component, if not the best player, certainly the the second best player. Um, it's probably one and you know one A with with Buddy and, and Quincy, um, and he's a borderline NBA player. He would come back. He would make this most likely a top twenty preseason team, and now he leaves and he wants to start over and and go somewhere else if he returns to school. So th- this is this is hard to explain away, and it's not a great look for Jim Behan. The fact that he loses one of his stars um, one way or the other. Yeah, and I think we need to wait on it, too, also, uh, if Quincy does. I think it makes a huge difference if he decides to stay in the portal. But it also, that's why I don't get him saying this publicly, because 
If he leaves, it's nobody a, bats an eye. If, yeah, he, if he goes to the NBA, nobody bats a, an eye. It's a PR yeah. nightmare right. to have this come out. Right so now. I was going to say that you said wait on this. I feel like in some ways the damage is already done. Like if he goes to if he goes pro, okay, you lost him anyway. But the fact that he's come out and said, if I come back, I'm not yeah. coming back to Syracuse. In some ways, you, like you can't reverse that even yeah. if he goes to the NBA. Yeah, like, damage is done to some degree. Yeah, and people. Get, like I don't get the whole get rid of Coach Beheim thing either. He's not going to be here forever. You know, the time he's left at this university is uh, pretty slim, short, right? You know, yes. You know, y- you'll get through one, two more years of Coach Beheim, three maybe. You know, if he if he sticks around, and I, I the the issue is right now is I think kids are different. <laughs> you know, and I I deal with it. You know, with employees under me and it's you you've got to adjust and I, getting through to players is done differently now and uh i think that maybe quincy was not appreciative of uh, some of the public uh stuff yeah i think that's a a fair but that's just a guess uh, a fair guess yeah. yeah um and again i'll be interested to see you know if either side talks about this moving forward you know, if it, and I'm not saying it's going to come out like next week, but you know, whenever Quincy makes his decision about where he's going next, does he discuss why his time at Syracuse is up? Whether it's going to the NBA or if he transfers somewhere else. And people need to stop with it. He wasn't going to play because Jimmy's last name is Beheim. It's a coach Beheim. If Buddy wasn't good, he wouldn't be playing. Right. I am a hundred percent sure of that. If you know, and if that's all he that doesn't mattered, care if it's his kid or not. He, and if that's all that mattered, Jimmy would have come here in the first place. Yes, right. right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't buy that either. And I, again, the more that I hear about this behind the scenes, the more I think this Quincy decision was made prior to Jimmy committing to Syracuse. Right. And I think both sides knew it. Um, and for whatever reason, they waited to announce. I, I don't know why Quincy waited to announce it until Friday. But the, Why, the yeah. more I'm hearing is that this decision, I, I I I get the feeling this decision was made several weeks ago. It, and then it doesn't make sense to me that why they sat on it, or he sat on it. I don't know. So. I don't know. Maybe he, again, speculation here, maybe he thought he was going pro, and maybe the feedback hasn't been great, and now he's like, you know what, I'm probably coming back. I have to make my intentions known. Maybe. I don't know. And, and you know, he, he doesn't have to decide until July. So... Maybe he wants to throw it out there and just kind of see what it, what his options are at the college game. If he doesn't tell anybody until July, are all the other rosters set? You know what I mean? Like maybe he doesn't land it in Alabama if he waits till July. Maybe yeah. there's no room at the end, so to speak. Yeah, and, and the transferring thing is not just a Syracuse issue this year. It's right. It's everywhere. But this one doesn't look good. Yeah, this one's and, hard to explain. Yeah, and it may be why Roy Williams pieced out of a, <laughs> a Hall of Fame career. I've had like yeah, with. With no notice, you know, so. All right, let's keep those phone lines open. 315-437-7644. Take a time out here. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on Orange Nation. Before we bring in Jordan for today's business, um, real quick, Paulie and the professor here. I was typing an email. I know you were. Go ahead. Uh, Patrick Stevens, who does he think is the best team in the country? North Carolina. Very good. 
Um, games to keep your eye on. Give me one one game slash conference to keep your eye on this week for, uh, for SU fans. You'd want Maryland to just hold on in the Big Ten and Georgetown. You, it would hurt Syracuse player fans, but root for Georgetown. Very good. You you pretend you don't listen, but you do. Well, you got to pay some attention. I'm doing a radio show with you. If like, what if it comes up? Like, you got to pay some attention. Know. You told me the other day when there's we were some talking, I tune out on. Yeah, you were. What was it? The was it the Cowboys one the other day. There was one the other day. You said you were not listening. At it's all. like when a woman women don't think we hear what they're saying because we're not making eye contact. Right. We we hear it. Yeah, okay. We just, well, I'm I'm impressed. You're you're passing with flying colors. I was so far. T- I was uh, typing an email for work and then. I heard something that shouldn't have been on the air, too, so I'm multitasking. Freaking out over here. Vast responsibilities. All right, we're, 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 let's bring in Jordan because we're running out of time. We've got about five minutes left in the show. We've got uh, today's business now with Jordan. Um, all right, what do you got for us? Since we're running out of time, let me get straight to the most local of our options. The Knicks are now winners of 11 of their last 12. At the very least, they've clinched a spot in the NBA's play-in tournament. And I'm curious, if you guys were Knicks fans, you're used to seeing all this failure, what would you consider a success this season now that the playoffs are oh so close? This is a, this season's already a success. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I don't think anybody was expecting this. Um, so, yeah, regardless of what happens the rest of the way, I think if you're a Knicks fan, you have to be encouraged. What are, what are the, so the play-in rounds? is a Knicks fan. Say that again? One... I, one of my friends who is a Knicks fan says they need to at least make the playoffs to be successful. He didn't say anything about winning a playoff game. So if they make the play-in tournament and then lose, are we still calling it a success yes. because they were close? Yeah. I mean, they're yes. eight games above okay. 500 right yeah. now. Yeah. Your baby steps. I mean, they're in really good shape. I mean, they're right now, they're, what are they? They're in the four, they're the four spot right now. Yeah. I mean, they're in good shape yes, to they avoid are. they're in good shape to avoid the play-in as it is. Um but yeah, I think yeah. I think this season's been now, a success. They're a game and a half up on the Hawks. And the as Heat. of now, we'd have the Celtics at the seven spot playing the Wizards in the ten spot, and then we'd have the Hornets eight playing the Pacers nine. That would be our Eastern Conference play in tournament if the season ended today. Yeah, they're fine. They're this your friend is setting the bar way too high for a team that sucked for so long. And they're playing really well yes. at the right time of the season. So I, I don't think they're going to slide back into the play-in tournament. I, I think they're going to get a, a top-six seed. Um, but, yeah, I, I think either way it's been a success. Three teams that have to jump. All right. Yeah. So. On While the we're talking play-in tournament, I want to get to this one. LeBron James, his team, the Lakers, is in the midst of six losses in seven games. And now of all times, LeBron decides to tell the world, whoever decided to make the NBA play-in tournament should be fired. Is this too little too late for LeBron? Should he quit crying? I'm, I'm normally on Team LeBron, but this just kind of seems like he's salty. His act's getting tired with me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm normally on Team LeBron as well. Do we know what the context to this was? Like, what what prompted him to say that? Because they might not be. No, I know, but is that all it was? Yes, just... of course it is. Yeah. If they were the one seed, you wouldn't care. I mean, my response would be then then be Get better. And yeah. I know they've been dealing with injuries all season long, but if you don't want to land in the playing tournament, if then you, do what you got to do not to land in the playing tournament. They're good enough that they won't struggle in the tournament. It's just more, you know, workload for them. Yeah. But I mean, they're relatively healthy right now. They should 
dominate the teams below them. Right. Yes. They should be able to. Well, my point is they're they're tied right now. You know, Dallas, the Lakers, and the Blazers all have the same record. So just play better down the stretch, and you get at least the five seed. And then you know you're going to be matched up with the Clippers in the first round. But just just be better down the stretch. Nuggets are hot as hell too. Yeah. Right yeah. That's your NBA uh, breakdown from Polly. The Nuggets, hot as hell. They've got the best player in the league. At Way the to go out on a limb at the moment. Look at us with our takes. Yeah. Um, well, that wasn't really a take. That was just more of an observation on my part. So is mine. Okay. Yes, that's true. How about final thought? You've got a minute left. Oh, the show's over? It is over. Don't let your friends punch you in the face, kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's my final thought of the day. That's something else. We will get video up there. Yeah, don't don't hurt each other. Love each other. That's my uh, take on the day. You said I don't know if you said this on oh. the air, on the actual radio, or on Twitch, but it it deserves to be repeated. You said I don't know if I could punch one of my friends that hard. I'm with you. If if you know Jordan was like, just punch me, just put on this glove and just punch me as hard as you could. I don't think I could. Do I it. don't think I could punch a stranger that hard. Right. It's not in my character. What were you going to say, Jordan? We'll give you the last word to defend yourself. Well, Paulie, I don't want to defend myself. I want Paulie to discuss the Facebook Instagram po- he, uh, quote he posted over the weekend very quickly about packing too heavily. No, if you're going, like just saying, if you're, life's a journey. You got to realize what you need to bring on your journey with you and what you don't. Cut loose things you don't need, Jordan. That's what I was getting at. It's very deep. Poetic. And with that, we will leave you. Sportzilla coming up next. Uh, Steve and Pauly back at it noon tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.